People who get together and play D&D or poker at night or whatever. These are all safe spaces. People just don't realize it. You get together with people who are like-minded. And I think everybody needs that. It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Brian Rowley, and this is The Big Rethink. Technology intertwines in many facets of our daily lives, no matter one's age, race, or ability. That's why accessibility is so important. Stuart Duncan, a web developer, knew this to be the case when his autistic son faced difficulties interacting with the popular game Minecraft. And so the natural thing Stuart decided was let's create Autcraft, a Minecraft server exclusively for people with autism. It currently has over 16,000 subscribers, and Autcraft meets the emotional and social needs of its player, evolving over time as their needs grow and change. On this episode of The Big Rethink, we speak with Stuart to discuss the importance of accessibility and how online gaming can actually be a force for good. Stuart, thanks so much for joining us. I am really excited to speak with you today. Artcraft has been around now, I guess, for 10 years. Uh, it's an incredible achievement. Take us back to the very beginning. Why, why did you start this? Well, I started out as a, a blogger, a writer. Um, I was like one of the few dads writing about autism or parenting in, in general. And just having that different perspective helped me get quite a, a readership, a following online and uh you know, over over the course of probably a year or so, as Minecraft's popularity built and built and built, uh, my son got into it. I got into it. Everybody else's kids got into it and everybody was talking about it online. And and I started to see more and more parents reaching out to other parents asking if they had autistic children and if they would be willing to play Minecraft together. Um, and I thought nothing of it at first. I thought it was just parents wanting to connect their autistic children with other autistic children. But uh, the more I realized what was going on, the more they started to explain um, they were being bullied on all the servers that they were trying to play on, all the public servers that they went to. And they were just having very traumatic ordeals online. And uh, they all kept saying, I wish there was a place where our kids could play and not have to worry about that. So. Well, I think you I think you created that place. And, and I know that there was some articles that have been written. And I think BuzzFeed is the one who actually referenced Otcraft as one of the best places on the Internet. So kudos to you for for creating one of the best places on the Internet. But I, I guess help our audience understand, you know, why is creating sort of those safe spaces online so important, especially for the autistic community? It's something that like. A lot of people don't realize that like everybody needs, it's mm. not just disabilities or disorders or anything, but like you think about like um, therapy groups, people get around and sit in a circle and talk about stuff or like alcohols anonymous, uh, alcoholics get together and they, they can open up, they can talk freely, they can relate to each other. Um, but like even like, you know, sewing groups mm -hmm. and people who get together play D&D &D or, or poker at night or whatever. Um, People get together and go to the man cave and watch football. Like these are all safe spaces. People just don't realize it. And you you get together with people who are like minded, who share the same life struggles and experiences and can talk about the same things and share without 
having to worry about being bullied. And I don't just mean like outright bullying, but like judgmental or, you know, um, teasing or, you know, just any sort of stuff. You could just share and not worry about that sort of stuff. And I think everybody needs that. They need people that they can talk to and feel safe around and open up with and, um, it's it just becomes more and more valuable and more and more necessary when it's actual real struggles and not just the good times. You know, you're not just getting together to enjoy a football game and laugh um, when you're getting together to share these real hardships and, uh, you know, struggles that you're going through and other people have gone through it, too. And it's it's world changing when you find a place where you can do that safely. Yeah, I think safety is the key. I mean, I know your goal was to create this environment of safety. And and I know that in prior conversations with you, you had explained once, which really sort of resonated with me is, you know, it only takes a little bit of difference um, to create sort of this space for bullies to attack. And it's, it's unfortunate that that's sort of the world that we live in. But you know, that is a reality of this. And, and, and I know, you know, I don't want to just call out individuals with disabilities because safe spaces are things that we all look forward to. But it is in- incredibly important as well um, for children or adults or individuals that are dealing with autism because it, that safety is sort of the grounding element for them in order to be able to thrive and to exceed and to excel. So, um, you know, it, it is it is a factor that I think is, is really important. You know, something that I found really special about Artcraft is how it's built on sort of uh, a few varying principles like communication, being unafraid, et cetera. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you sort of chose these principles? chose them based on my own life experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I didn't realize I was autistic till I was an adult. I found out because my son was autistic and a lot of his life, I started to look back on my own and think that seems really familiar. Um, but there was a lot of instances where I was judged for things that I didn't know I was doing wrong or saying wrong or expressing in a wrong way or, um, you know, just made to feel really terrible about, you know, making a mistake Mm -hmm. rather than being encouraged to make mistakes and to learn from them and things. And so we, we basically do our very best. I, I have this thing I tell uh, all my staff. (laughs) Um, One of the first things that we tell the players is, is when anything goes wrong is um, two things. You're not in trouble and I'm not mad. Mm. (laughs) Um, And then we go from there and it really helps to break down the barriers. It really helps to, you know, make them feel not so defensive or afraid of us. Um, and and then from there, we just go on with like communicating. Like if we ever have to mute somebody because they're raging, they're really angry at the game or somebody else or something like that, and we mute them. We don't do it as a punishment. We do it as a way to protect them so they don't say something they regret or have everybody else upset with them because they say these terrible things while they're angry. Um, and then we communicate. We always take the time to talk to them. And, you know, so long as so long as um, you always kind of try to remember that these people are people, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times people online are just a name or a number. Um, these are real little kids and some of them are adults. Uh, many of them are adults in gamer in gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just very first and foremost, just let them know that you're a friend. You're not there to judge them or, you know, to punish them. 
um, you know, just help them through this and learn from it so that it doesn't become a traumatic experience that as any other autistic person would tell you, um, you could just suddenly recall uh, at random, like 20 years later and feel terrible about that happens to me and it happens to others. And I just, I don't want it to happen to these people. Yeah. I think that premise of you're not in trouble and I'm not mad. What a great foundation for any of us, right. To, 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 as, as a parenting, um, principle sort of to be there to set the right tone and sort of create that ability to be able to communicate openly and freely and feel safe about that communication. The the one thing, though, that actually uh, from the principles, um, and I'd love for you to dig into this a little bit further, was sort of this whole concept around caught being awesome. And I know you, you know, you developed it with players of the week and buddies of the week and senior helpers and different things like that. Can you share that with us and sort of the sort of how those reinforcements sort of are impacting that art craft community? Yeah. So the, one of the things that makes Otcraft different from any other Minecraft server is that we just watch, we monitor. Um, there's always somebody in the game or watching remotely or something just to be sure that, you know, no bullies or trolls do get in or nothing is getting out of hand. And, you know, it, it occurred to me that instead of just watching for the bad things, just sitting there being this, you know, um, this uh, see all seeing eye watching for negative things, we could watch for the good mm. things too. And so when we see players reaching out to other players or offering to help or giving things that somebody needs or uh, any number of just positive, good, you know, traits that, that help make a community the best place on the internet, um, we felt that deserved rewarding. Um, a lot of servers, they reward players based on the games they play, mm -hmm. right? Because it can be automated. Mm -hmm. So if you have like, say a race or a duel or something, um, the game knows who wins. And so it gives them some points and that's their reward. And there doesn't need to be any staff there to do that. The way we do it is staff needs to be there because we, re re we reward players for who they are, not what they can do. And if they're a good person, they get rewarded. And we've seen very literal changes in like, um, I guess you could call it the analytics of the server, but like the players tend to get in less trouble. They get less angry. They get um, less vengeful, like trying to get back at somebody who does something wrong. They, it's just negativity in general drops when there's more rewards being handed out for the good things they do. They they want that. They, you know, they see other players getting that. They want some of that. They, they ask, how can I get this? How can I be player of the week? How can I do this? And... You know, the answer is always be yourself. If you're a good person, you're going to get it. But also, you know, try to help out each other. Like, I, as you said, like I created this place that has been called the best place online, but that's not all me. Like I can't be held responsible for a community. No one person is a community. Mm -hmm. It's because everybody is helping everybody and being kind and supportive and encouraging. And so, you know, the only way to make a community be the best is to encourage that in each other and everyone. Yeah. And I, and I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that, you know, and, and I know you're 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 not taking the credit for it, but there are a lot of communities that exist that don't have some of these principles. And I think some of the principles that you have around, 
you know, caught being awesome and, and that communication and I'm not mad, you know, those are, those are all things that I think also help create a positive community. Um, and that's all the foundation elements of what you created when you created Oddcraft. Talk to me a little bit though about the top award, because I, I love this one. This is sort of one of, one of my <laughs> favorites. Talk about the top award in the game. The best award you can get. So I, I mentioned I was a I was a blogger to begin with, and I was one of the few dads that was blogging. So to differentiate myself, I called myself autism father. So I couldn't be more on the nose, <laughs> but it you know got the point across. So I, I continued using that name into gaming and the Minecraft server, and that's my name online, and everybody knows me as autism father. Um, so when we decided. Um, you know, it's great to be caught being awesome, being friendly, being nice. Uh, it's great to be player of the week. That means that you've been doing well all week and maybe you've self-improved and everything. Um, but for those people who go way above and beyond, those people who put the community above themselves, everything they do is for everybody else, not for themselves. You know, you can see them. They build farms so they can gather materials for everyone else. They drop everything that they're doing anytime anybody ever needs anything. Um, they you know, make fancy things in order to impress people. They contribute. They're just always trying to think of how they can make everybody else happy and make the server better. And so we came up with what we call the Autism Father's Sword. Um, it's it's a Minecraft sword, kind of like any other, but it has some very special qualities. Um, like in Minecraft, you can get a sword enchanted with magic, with um, looting, looting one, two, and three, which will give you uh, better, better drops and stuff. So if you kill a pig, let's say in the game, you might get one pork chop, but if you have looting three, you might get three or four pork chops. Um, the autism father sword gives you looting five, which is technically not supposed to be possible, but on Autcraft it is. And it's a special little bonus reward for people who put the server above themselves. And we feel like that deserves special reward. Yeah, I think putting, you know, compassion and kindness are sort of the key to who the individual is and sort of the way that you explain that. I think, it, again, it just speaks volumes to sort of, you know, what type of environment you have created and that level of involvement and, and, the, and what the community stands for. I, I just I just love that, that in, in many different ways. Talk to us, um, you know, about Unafraid, because I think this is actually another piece to the story that I think is really important. And it does tie back to the whole concept of feeling safe. Um, but but talk to us about that from a guiding principle as well. A lot of people think about, you know, a safe place as being, you know, a, away from bullies and trolls, like bad people can't get in. Um, but a safe place really boils down to um, your core, like how how you feel at all times. Like it's it's a sense of being relaxed. Uh, you know, you can let go of like, no matter how much anxiety you have. Um, you're just not going to feel that sometimes when you're in a safe group. And so just it, it, it does give you the ability to be unafraid to share things you would never share with anyone else or try things you would never try. Um, we have kids who they just hate it when people correct their spelling because they're not good spellers and it's no fault of their own. It's it's their brain just can't get the letters mm -hmm. right. And so there's a lot of places they go online and they won't interact. They won't communicate because they know they're going to spell things wrong and it's going to be embarrassing and somebody's going to say something. 
but when they're not afraid, <clears throat> pardon me, when they're not afraid to just go ahead because nobody's, they know nobody's going to say anything because they know people will be able to understand what they're saying. They don't stop talking. Mm. <laughs> they found a place where they can share and not have to be afraid of, of what people are going to say. And so they talk and talk and they share about what they know and other people, they find other people who know the same thing and they share and then they're learning new things. And, and it, they just grow so fast right before your very eyes because now they're expressing a ton of information. They're taking in a ton of information. Whereas before, you know, any little thing that causes them to be afraid of what somebody else might say or do or think or judge them for or something causes them to to shut down, to, to clam up and to, to be, you know, not not willing to, to take that risk. And we've seen so many players who have taught themselves how to read and write, who have taught themselves um, science and math and just so many things. They bring their parents on and they teach them how to play Minecraft. And then they teach them all these crazy things. And it is wonderful, wonderful to see. But that stuff happened on Aircraft and instead of anywhere else. And it was simply because they were just unafraid to take those risks. And it's it's beautiful to watch. I think a lot of the kids, I think a lot of society, a lot of, uh, you know, kids in general, not just autistic, but um, kids in general are amazing at teaching themselves mm. things. Like my own son, he taught himself how to read from uh, Mario games. Mm. Like I'm, I was sitting there getting frustrated, wanting to skip, skip, skip through the dialogue. And he's standing there at the TV, sounding it out and reading it. And he taught himself how to read just based on that. Kids will do that if they're interested enough, if they're happy enough, and if they're not afraid to take that risk and try it. And we see it happening all the time. We're not educators. We're running a Minecraft server. We're not teaching them how to do these things. But just because they, you know, feel safe enough to open up and share with other people and those people are safe enough to share back, it just happens naturally. Yeah. And I think it also allows them the opportunity to be themselves when you when you work into an environment mm -hmm. and you're not afraid and you do feel safe. It allows you to expose your vulnerabilities. And, you know, it's interesting as a child to be able to learn that because quite honestly, many adults don't even realize till very later in life, you know, that their vulnerabilities actually are a strength and it allows them to be relatable and also allows them the opportunity to be who they really are. And I think there's nothing better than anything that we can do as we educate ourselves, children, adults, whoever, um, is the ability to, to be authentic to who you are. And, and I, I love the fact that that unafraid moment comes in there because that truly is what it is in order to be able to accomplish that. But let me ask you this. Why aren't other online gaming developers sort of considering this model versus the ones that are based on points and wins? Like this seems to me like it's somewhat of a no brainer. But why do you think others aren't adopting sort of this type of a philosophy? <laughs> uh, I don't make very much money. Mm -hmm. um, I, I work off of donations. Uh, donations are what keep Warcraft alive because it's free. Um, those places can charge for things you know, when you have people competing, you can make money at that and give money as rewards and they make it open so that they can get hundreds of thousands of players. Right. And they don't care if there's bullies and trolls. Um, or I should say they, they care a little bit cause they don't want to disrupt too much, but they don't, what they really don't care about is the actual players. Um, like if somebody's causing a problem, 
if you have a hundred thousand people and one person is causing a problem, it's easier to just get rid of that one mm -hmm. person and not have to deal with mm -hmm. it. And so that's what ends up happening to a lot of these kids. Um, I say kids a lot, but I mean adults mm -hmm. too, like just players in general. If somebody causes a problem, any kind of, uh, you know, wave in the pool, uh, the staff will just get rid of them. And, and so it all comes down to profits, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of these, a lot of places um, don't want to put in the extra hours. They don't want to monitor something 24 hours a day just to watch for somebody being nice so they can reward them. Um, it's not profitable, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially if you have to pay those people to watch those mm -hmm. things. It's, it's really unfortunate. A lot of things come down to, you know, how much money you can make. Because um, especially if if Outcraft was run, everybody tells me I should have become a nonprofit. I should be incorporated. I should be doing all these business things. And I haven't, um, mostly because I can't afford it, but also because I don't want it to become a corporate sort of thing, because that's when those those lines start to blur. It's for, you know, once you have a bottom line, you have to meet that bottom line. You have to make sure you're making enough and then trying to go over that so you can grow, so you can pay people, so you can do these things. And and that's when you stop losing sight of the people that are making it all possible, I feel anyway. And so I think a lot of people try, have tried to do something like Hawcraft, mm -hmm. but it's often a, a businesses, you know, it's people that have people they have to answer to and they have to get certain numbers and they have to do certain, you know, things by the book. And that's kind of the other thing too, is there's no book. Right. Like I've had people come on to Awcraft. I've had um, people who work with autistic people face to face and they come in and they say, you need to do it like this. You need to do this and you need to do this. And I'm like, no, I don't. Right. <laughs> um, we're not a therapy center. We don't work with these people to, you know, correct behaviors and things. And, and it's, totally different online than it is face to face. So, you know, you, when you have other people trying to do these things, I, when I first started the server, I thought anybody could do, if I could do it, anybody could do it. I have no money. I have no time, no experience, no education. I have nothing, no good reason to be successful at this. So if somebody has those things, they should be great. But I've learned over time. That's not entirely true. Like you just, you really have to care and really want to put in the time and the effort and be there for these people and help them and, not care about whether or not you're breaking even, even though a lot of times you won't be. Yeah, I say it a lot. You know, it doesn't always, people have these illusions that in order to make change or do something that's impactful, it sometimes requires a tremendous amount of money or a huge amount of people in order to be able to do that. And I think one of the things that you find over time with some of these more impactful things, such as Otcraft, is that it really just takes a few really determined, passionate people, and you can do a lot in terms of inflicting change and, and making things better for someone somewhere, somehow, some shape. Um, so it, it's not always that a ton of money. And I, I get it. You know, it, it, it is it is helpful, but it, it isn't a requirement. There are things with passion and drive and, and just commitment to things that actually are some of the more foundational elements to really inflicting and making some of this change happen. But let me ask you this question. So, you know, accessibility has obviously become more of a, pro of a priority, not only in gaming communities, but in general. 
uh, as it should. But how have you seen sort of attitudes change towards those with autism or disabilities um, sort of as these priorities in, in the gaming community change? It has changed a lot. Not enough, but it's changed mm -hmm. a lot. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, better analytics, better, you know, digging into the numbers. Like a lot of people still to this day are stunned that the majority of gamers are adults. Mm -hmm. like, like the average age of Minecraft players is like 24 or something. I, I just read a statistic yesterday that um, of all the toys that are bought in the world, one in four of them are by adults for themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like people are growing up to be kids and and th those numbers are coming out, but not just those numbers, like not just the general numbers, but the more specific numbers. How many of them are LGBTQ? How many of them are disabled? How many of them uh, are colorblind, for example? How many of them are in wheelchairs? Things like that. And so people, the 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 people with the money, the people who are designing these things are starting to realize that they're losing a pretty big, sizable chunk of pie mm -hmm. in their income by not accommodating, you know, people who are colorblind or uh, dyslexic. Like I'm, I've been pushing for, uh, there's a dyslexic font, which makes it easier for dyslexics to be able to mm -hmm. read it without the, the letters and numbers getting jumbled. So I've been pushing for that in games. Um, you start pushing for these things and a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. But as soon as you, you get some numbers showing up and they see that, you know, their bottom line could be much higher if they could accommodate all these people, that's where the real change comes in. And, and I've seen a lot of it, but I mean, it's not just the numbers too. I, I'd be, you know, lying if I said that everybody's heartless and they just want money. Sure. There's a lot of people who genuinely do want to do these things. Um, a lot of people, I think, have their hands tied by the, the bigger ups who who just want the bottom line and they don't want to, you know, if you can't. Um, there's a so kind of on the same topic, but a little bit different. Um, the social media shakeups that have been going on and a lot of the social media news sites that are coming mm -hmm. out and everything. One of them released um, a statement just before the holidays saying what they're working on and what they're not working on. And accessibility was one of the things they're not working on because it doesn't it. It's not their number one focus. It's not, you know, um, key element to the product. Well, they heard about it. Sure. <laughs> There's a lot of people very, very sure. upset because if you don't start with right. that, then backtracking later just doesn't work very well. And so there's, you know, there's a very big shift. There's, you know, if somebody isn't working on it, there's those numbers are big enough um, to either warrant to do it or they're going to hear from all those people who make up those numbers. And it's been great. It's, you know, online with people having a greater voice than they ever mm -hmm. did, whether you have one follower or a million followers, um, you jump in and you, you know, you join that huge collective voice of people saying you have to accommodate everybody or else you accommodate no one. And it's been great to see. And it's been making a change. Well, and I think it's an important fact because, you know, everybody talks about the, the importance of inclusion and that's everywhere. Right. That's on, you know, especially from, you know, when you look at it from the corporate sites and some of even the impacts that businesses have. Right. They need to make sure that their websites are accessible. They need to make sure that the way in which they communicate is accessible and inclusive. And so I think that, you know, we're now in a period of time where, to your earlier point, people will call you out on it, as they should, because I think it sort of becomes 
that gauge for us um, to be able to, we, we can't just run everything by the numbers. Don't get me wrong, I understand how important that is for businesses, for everybody, right? We run our personal lives based on you know the amount of money we have in versus the amount of money we're going out. But making sure that you're yeah. also doing the right thing is equally as important and making sure that you're creating inclusive environments is an important piece as well. What are your hopes sort of for the future of accessibility in gaming? Mostly just to see more of that change, but like at a core attitude level, like I've always said, and I, I'm probably the only person who thinks of it this way. Hopefully I could change that. But um, I think that just the term special needs mm -hmm. is archaic mm -hmm. because the way I see it, there's no such thing as special needs. We all have the same needs. Yeah. Like nobody's needs are special. We all have the same needs. If you go to a, a library and there's stairs and there's no there's no uh, wheelchair accessibility, that's not a special need. That's the same right. need. What they need is special accommodations. Right. And it's way easier to do that when you're building the foundation of the building than, you know, 30 years later or whatever, trying to figure out a way to work that in. <clears throat> Pardon me. So I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to convince people like I've even talked to Mojang, the makers of Minecraft and had full on meetings with them about accessibility and talking about like, you know, they have an accessibility menu and in there are some pretty good features, but most people don't know it's there. Like I, I have people who come onto my server and they're like, I wish I could do this or that, or, you know, this thing really annoys me. And I'm like, you can change that in accessibility settings. And they said, we, I had no idea that was there. And so I've approached them and in the latest update that just came out today, there's actually a new uh, feature where for the very first time when you load the game, it points out the accessibility options. Like hmm. kind of that kind of fundamental change. Like we need to start reaching people as they're building things to realize that everybody in the world has the same need. Like if you are building a game or a social media company or a toy or you know, anything, anything in the world, um, you need to think about these things right from the get go, you know, what people need, and then you need to build the tools and the accessibility and the features to make it so that everybody can fulfill that need, not just the majority, not just the people that you want to, it has to be everybody. So I, I think, you know, having seen what happened with that site, when they said that accessibility is not one of their priorities and not working on it, and people kind of had like a mini riot. I think that's a great thing. And I think it's really going to change things for a lot of people down the road. And we're going to start seeing a lot of people um, having more access to dyslexic fonts and and uh, color blindness options in settings for everything. Um, there's just going to be so much more available to everyone, not just the, you know, perfectly abled typical <laughs> majority. Um, and once that happens and those people um, who didn't have access before end up with access and they find those safe places, you know, like Otcraft or wherever, and they can, they can participate and they make their group and they can open openly share without fear or whatever. That's when the entire human race benefits. Like you think about all these wonderful minds who come up with things that nobody else has ever thought of. If they're too afraid to talk about it or they can't even get in the door because it's not accessible to them, all of humanity suffers for that. Like there, there's some 
spark of brilliance that could have changed the course of the future all because, you know, <laughs> we either made them able to share or we shut them down. Yeah. I mean, you've clearly changed the lives of so many people by just creating Oddcraft. Um, I guess my last question for you would be, you know, what's your advice for people, especially those of the autistic community looking to make a positive impact? When, when I share about my story, about the server, I always, and, and I have in this, in this uh, call, I have shared that I'm mm -hmm. autistic and I didn't have money or any of that stuff. I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the time. Everybody says, oh, I'll do that when I have the time or when the time There's is never right. time. I just <laughs> never time. Um, but all those parents are saying, I wish there was a place where my kids could play and not have to worry about that stuff. I wish, I wish, I wish there was, I wish there could be, you know, why isn't there this thing? And I just went ahead and did it. The time wasn't right. <laughs> I didn't have any money. Um, I still don't, but you know what? I'm making a difference and it's pretty amazing. I, I make these points, not because I'm you know, modest or humble or whatever I am, but it's not for that reason. Like I want other autistic people who don't have all the resources in the world to be able to listen to a podcast like this and go, huh, maybe I could do something like that too. Um, you don't have to be, you know, in a corporation. You don't have to be running a corporation. You don't have to have, you know, four to 10 years of university. You don't have to be doing all this mm -hmm. stuff. To help someone, um, you just have to be the only person who isn't saying, I wish there was, right. and instead be the person who's just going to figure it out. <laughs> That's what I did. I had never run a Minecraft server before. I had never been a, a manager of anything, much less the owner and the boss and that stuff. I've never had to help, you know, kids in general, much less thousands of them all around the world and autistic kids. And uh, it was just so much stuff I had never had to do until 10 years ago. And I had to figure it out as I went along. And I did. And it's because I was, you know, I was much more interested in helping than I was in just wishing that there was something like it. Unafraid and passionate. That's really, you know, you had, you were unafraid or you might've been afraid, but you wouldn't let that fear overcome what could be an amazing outcome, which has been amazing outcome. And as I mentioned, you know, Buzzfeed identifies you as the best place on the internet. PC Gamer had coverage of, of you and Otcraft in 2017 and then reran it five years or four years later in 2021. So yeah. obviously, you know, there's some amazing things that you're doing. So you know, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with myself today, sharing a little bit about Otcraft and the, the autistic community and some of the impacts that we all could be doing to help individuals. And, and most importantly, just making sure to your point that we solve for everybody's needs when we're thinking about solving for problems. So thank you so much for being here today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm hoping, hoping I can inspire somebody, to, you know,
that's my main goal at this point. You ask about the future. I just want to inspire more people to do more great things, help more people everywhere. Yeah, and I would so thank you for no, having me. No, my on. pleasure. And I would say <laughs> that if you do want to be inspired, um, Stuart is a bit humble, but I had an opportunity in preparation for this discussion to listen to your TED talk. So there is a TED talk by Stuart Duncan that's out there. And I would encourage those of you who are listening to this to go ahead and take a look at that because it's an incredible uh, conversation. Uh, and, and some great insights that he provides in that. So uh, before we sign off, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can help us grow by visiting our feed on iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. That's it for us. I'm Brian Rowley, and that was another episode of The Big Rethink. Thank you.